1: snoozecast the podcast designed to help you fall asleep find us on snoozecast.com and follow us on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts our current goal is to get to 100 reviews on the podcasts app to help as many new listeners find us as possible if you haven't subscribed and written a review yet please do Thank you to everyone who's taken the time to do so already. Please know that we read every single review, often out loud to each other, and we can't tell you how happy it makes us to know we're helping you fall asleep. This episode is supported by tokens of affection. Tonight, we'll read the story, the princess of Babylon taken from The Strange Storybook by Mrs. Lang, published in 1913. The story is taken from a lesser known philosophical tale by Voltaire, written in 1768. The story focuses on Amazan, a handsome, unknown shepherd, and Formosanta, the princess of Babylon, whose love and jealousy drive them to travel the world. Through their travels, they encounter the basic values of the Enlightenment. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. few deep breaths. The Princess of Babylon, Belus, King of Babylon, thought himself the greatest man in all the earth. For his subjects were continually telling him so, and he had no difficulty in believing them. It was very absurd, of course. But there is this to be said in his excuse, that though his ancestors had built Babylon 30,000 years before, it owed its chief beauties to him. Belus, it was who constructed the vast palace with its famous hanging gardens and planted with fruit trees the park, stretching from the Euphrates to the Tigris everything being kept fresh and cool in that burning heat by means of canals and fountains which scattered their waters around but though babylon contained much that was beautiful the palace itself held the most beautiful and precious thing of all the king's only child the princess formosante and her father was prouder of her than of his whole empire put together. Still, with all his delight in his daughter's presence, he knew his duty and that now she was 18, it was needful to find her a suitable husband. Yet, who was worthy of such a prize? One by one, Belus passed the kings of the earth in judgment before him and could not answer this question then he remembered that the oracle, which had been consulted at Formosante's birth, had declared that only he, who could bend the iron bow of Nimrod, the mighty hunter, should win the hand of the princess. Well, since that was the decision of the oracle, which of course must be obeyed, matters became in one way a little easier. But could Belus be mistaken? Had not the oracle said something else? Oh yes, he recollected now that the arm which could draw the bow must overcome also the largest and fiercest lion ever seen in Babylon and be the best, the cleverest, and the most splendid of men, and possess the rarest object in the whole universe. And as one by one, Belus recalled these conditions, he sighed aloud. For where should he look for a son-in-law like that? King Belus need not have been so anxious as regards suitors for the princess. For as an old song says, where maidens are fair, many lovers will come. And Formosante was very fair indeed. The fame of her beauty had spread far and wide, and soon the court of Babylon received notice that the pharaoh of Egypt, the Shah of India, and the Khan of Scythia, such were the names these nations gave to their rulers, were on their way to Babylon to ask the hand.